What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 43 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Hey! And with us, as usual, uh, there's not anybody with us. It's just us this time. We had a guest appearance last week, our very good friend Pete, who, uh, you know, stuck with us through the entire episode, despite how much fun of him we made. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it was good fun. He had some good insight and questions. But back to the traditional format for this one, just Joe and I, not wearing pants. Well, that's normal. Yeah. I'd be really cold if I was wearing pants, though, in all honesty. Like, it's, it's cold in here. It's really not that cold because it's raining, which makes it a little bit warmer. But we've had some, some cold sessions in here. As a longtime sound technician, the cold air provides a crisper sound for the listeners. It's very much a design of this studio in particular. You know nothing about sound engineering. I don't know very much, but I definitely know more than you do. I mean, it sounded good. Why'd you have to punch holes in it? I mean, uh, maybe it didn't sound good. No. <laughs> okay. You're just... It's obviously, you're just making stuff up. Well, it's winter time, and my uninsulated garage, I mean studio, the is, studio. is yep. getting a little bit cold. Luckily, we are in California, and our definition of cold is slightly different than a lot of the other people dealing with snow. Right, it's California like cold. Yeah. And uh, it has been raining a lot here, which has been cool. Yeah. We've been, it's been bad for DG, at least bad for optimum conditions DG, but... Uh, and that we've been in drought for a very long time, and it's been really nice to have some consistent. Yeah, and it's been like nice and consistent. It hasn't been like crazy downpour where there's flooding. It's just yeah, it's just nice. I just like it. Had some consistent light rainstorms that are giving us some keeping everything green. Yeah, green season's officially in full force and has been for a good amount of time. So that that's great. We we haven't been playing enough disc golf. No, well, it was, so listen, there's two reasons: rain, which we talked about. But also, it's a holiday season, yeah, and we have families and children yep. and whatnot, so that kind of takes us away. Uh, we work during the week, so mm-hmm. weekend time is disc golf time, but it's also family time. Yep. So we gotta make it all work. We're we're trying to balance all of all of the various things, make sure DG fits in, right? Too. But we got some time co- off coming up, which will be nice. Yeah, uh, we'll be able to sprinkle in hopefully more disc golf. I say that with the knowledge that it. I probably won't get that much extra, like maybe an extra day. An extra here and day there. Or, or two. But uh, it's nice to dream. It is. It is. And we're, we're looking forward to it. We also have kind of like a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel because we have major tournaments, you know, a month away, basically, with Woo! the Australian Open. And, and maybe Simon Lazat will be back and play. Maybe he won't. We don't know. I heard an, uh, an interview with him where he said that he was uh, has been working very hard with his physical trainer. And is planning to come back stronger than ever. Essentially, he took the time to to recover, but also work on his overall fitness. So that'll be interesting to see. What if like Dismania has to make like a PD three now? That would be stupid. Because he's like, I just I just turn over PD twos. I can't even throw a PD two. I mean, it might as well be a sewer lid. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat. I just like it. You just use it for shots that require a sewer lid. Pretty much, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's definitely a it's on the border of like a trick shot. It's a you know, I like my big spike hyzers and it works for that. And in, in short distances, in short distances, which is what I use it for. Yeah, 
great disc. It always blows my mind to watch Simon and Eagle specifically, who throw a lot of PD2s, both of them, Eagle McMahon. Granted. And flip them and turn them over and just, like, it just amazes me. That disc is so overstable for me. But and it's, I know... it's part of the, it's a fresh, it's a fresh C-line PD2 that I have. Yeah. And we've both thrown fresh bosses that are stupid overstable. Uh-huh. And then with time and love and care, they flip and they're fun. So That's true. Maybe in like six years. And they're years. playing a lot more disc golf than we are. Yes. So Well, and obviously they throw way further than us. And I've been, I've been told by people who other people who throw PD2s that the G-line PD2s and and the D-line and and uh, P-line ones also tend to be less stable and and are, you know, break in a little bit easier. So Well, no, so I have a G-line. I bought a G-line PD2. Mm-hmm. Um and it it went further than the one that I have. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so I took it out of my bag. <laughs> I pulled it out and was like, "Oh, that's like uh it's like 200, 250, cool, I can spike Kaiser right into it, and it went like 300 or 275, and I was like, that's dumb, I don't want that. <laughs> and let me back those all up like 50 feet, let me bring that back to like 150, 175 is what I like to do with my, my PD2, uh, and then I threw it, the G-line, and it went like 225, and I was like, nope, I don't want you in the bag, I got other discs that I can get that far on a big spike Kaiser. Uh, I, I put the PD2 in my bag for a specific reason, and a G-Line wasn't cutting it. I probably should actually, like, start throwing that as an actual driver just to see what happens. But I don't want to. If you're new to the show and are not aware of, of Joe and his overstable plastic, this is the point where I have to, as a a responsible uh, disc golf you know, disc golf aficionado <laughs> tell you that this is the worst possible thing. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> do worst, as I say, not as I do. Worst possible thing you can do for your game is decide that you need a PD2 for a 200-foot shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, That's ridiculous. That. Yeah. I mean, but if you got legit Spike Heiser game, uh huh. still don't do that. You still don't do that. <laughs> but it's super fun, and I like it. <laughs> it looks so cool. It's like, it just like, it just goes up, and then it just comes straight down. There's a lot to be said for the the Heiser angle being a very consistent shot, but it's true. I think I think you could get that done with another disc, like say a Buzz OS or even a regular Buzz, which brings me to an interesting proposition that came up in our Slack group, which is what if you had to play with my bag yeah. For a round, and I had to play with your bag. No problem. And to make matters worse, the other person chooses the shot for you based on what they would do. That's a bigger problem. Well, like the, <laughs> the disc or the shot, because that's like, that's a totally different world. The disc, I can mess with, but the shot. The disc, I mean, it'll, it'll be the disc, and you recommend the shot. Okay. What you would that's do. Better. That's better. And then, still be and then you tight. can do what you, what you please with that. We would both be screwed. I, I think it'd be a problem. For sure. It totally would. It would be. You throw far less hyzers than I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh yeah, Joe, it's this hole. I just throw straight up the middle on this Yeah, one. I just throw a nice control shot right up the middle. I'm like, but there's like a big gap to the right. Like, you could just, you could just hyzer it. <laughs> like, you could just throw it like way up high and it's just going to, it's going to come down. And I'd be like, well, here's a comet. Have fun trying that right, hyzer. <laughs> right, Here's a beaten eagle. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. I, I, 
I think I could easily throw your bag and have a good round if I was throwing my shots and and choosing what they were. And choosing the disc to throw. Choosing the disc to throw and work with it. There's enough overlap. Joe and I both throw Thunderbirds. Yep. I'm very familiar with Judges, which is what Joe putts with. Uh, We both throw Buzzes, so there's... Well, you also, you have a uh, Lucid Judge in your... Oh, no, you don't anymore. I don't. Oh, no. I I, I didn't think about that. Yeah. See, that's different. And uh, what else? You you throw Claymore, which I'm very familiar with and, and have no problem throwing. I got a couple Eagles. You got Eagles, which I'd thrown forever and love. So there's like four or five kind of staples in our bag that overlap that I think I could work with really right? well. Right, and, th- and we were talking about this before we started recording. And I think Robin is way more familiar with my bag than I am with his. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it. So he, I have, uh, I've talked about it, I have like an old school champ eagle that is like super duper beat in and we've thrown in the field together lots of times robin has a crazy beat in beast that i don't think i've ever thrown i feel like they'd be similar but just that little bit of not knowing kind of freaks me out yeah um what are your what are your high speed drivers in your bag uh i have a uh, right now i have a a g-line pd and i have uh a a uh, G Star boss, right, and a champion boss. Okay, I feel like that G line might be similar to my rampage. So, I hope. So I probably would throw that. And rampage, do you you don't carry a T bird, do you? I, I carry a T bird three. Okay, okay. That that metal flake T bird. Yeah, three. you would have no problem throwing that. No, no, it's, it's pretty... more stable than my T birds though, for sure. Kind of like I've thrown that. Kind of like a longer T bird. Yeah, I've thrown I've thrown that. Um, FD I've thrown a little bit, but not a lot. And I know that's your go to for a lot of things, so that's what I'd have to play with. Um, and then Eagles, I know for the most part. Comet, yeah, it would just be I would throw it like it was my Claymore. Mm-hmm. We both got TI buzzes, so we mm-hmm. we're we're real good with them. I think the the actual discs themselves would be fine. I think the the crux of it is the is is having having someone say, well, no, but you're. I know you want to throw that ti buzz here, but you're gonna throw a pd too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because that's or, there's definitely a or, hole at Taylor Mountain that that exact thing happens. Yeah, or the exact opposite where you're like, I know you really want to throw that that boss here, but you're gonna throw an s line fd. <laughs> s line? No, you wouldn't do that. You. You barely ever pull out the S line FD. Yes, I do. You throw your your C lines way more than the I do. S line. I do. They're more dependable. Yeah. Well, they they're not more dependable. They they uh, are more overstable, and and if I I can get the straight shot with them, I bring out the S line ones if I want to really hyzer yeah. flip it or turn it over. Right. So. Let's see. And you have? Do you still have a a Buzz OS in your bag? I do. Okay. All right. And that would be, you know, you would throw my gator and vice versa. Uh-huh. Kind of, that's what... Uh-huh. And I think my gator took over for my Buzz OS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't used the gator much, but I, I pretty much know what, what the gator is. It feels different, but it flies really similar mm-hmm. to the OS. Then you'd have a harp to deal with for certain approach shots. See, and here's the thing. Uh, what if, like, we went out and threw amazing rounds... Like, I don't 
part of me really wants to love a harp, but part of me just wants to stay away from it uh-huh. forever. Gotcha. So I'm afraid, like... Because it's just, like, way too popular. It's weird, though. I don't... It's too deep. Yeah, it's very... It's a very mid-rangey putter. It's like... It's such a weird feel. Like, it doesn't feel good in my hand, but... It's, it's slow like a putter, but the, the feel of the disc is mid-range. Right. So, which which makes sense. You know, it's it's a good disc. I use it for very specific situations. Yeah. So it's not it's not like some people use the harp as like that's my approach disc. It's what I I don't do that. I use my my Nova is my go to approach yeah. disc. So I, and the harp is I got to get around that tree right. or I need to throw a you know spike hyzer that's going to come down ninety feet in front of me and go you know sixty five seventy feet in the air. Something along those lines. Oh, well, PD2. Yeah. <laughs> You're all set. So basically what you use your PD2 for, I use the harp. No, that's not true. <laughs> but I, I, I try to use the harp for its overstability rather than using the overstability to, to make my approach shots more consistent. Right. So I, I try to make sure that I'm using it Well, I guess I would use reason. the Nova kind of where I use my, my Lucid Judge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the, the biggest issue would be... You telling me what disc I had to throw on, on I certain holes. I think if we did that, it would have to be purely for driving. Like mm-hmm. once we get to approach shots, it's super variable. Even with my own bag, yeah, depending on like where I'm standing and what I feel like, I might yeah. pull out something different. But drives for off the most the part, yeah, off the tee, I pretty much have a good feeling what I want to throw. <laughs> you get to the putting circle, and it's like here. You're going to use the boss. Robin, you don't putt with the boss. Well, I'm telling you, this is what we agreed to. and so I've done it before. I've done it before. <laughs> that would be pretty good. We also had someone suggest that that uh, in order to use the disc again, oh, right. you have to use all the discs in the bag. That would be an interesting round on its own. Right? We, well, that was cause like, well, because the beginning of the conversation, you quickly were like, I just wouldn't touch the PD2. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't use the PD2 at all. Just a heads up. Like, that will just stay put. And someone put in the, the caveat that you have to use every disc before you can, like, cycle back. That would be funky. Yeah. And then we got to the part where it's like, well, if you park a hole, you just use the PD2 to putt. Right. <laughs> right. But then you were saying, which made sense, that putting should be taken out of that equation. Yeah, probably. Like, you should be able to just use putters every time mm-hmm. um especially because if i had your bag you really don't want me trying to bomb drives with your mcpros into rocks no no thank That's you probably not i've seen enough you know i've seen a ton of posts of people breaking their mcpro avrs which has never happened to me granted i don't live in a cold area and a lot of times it's in cold places but um i, I can't believe it i mean just like split in half so it, and yeah i definitely would not want that to happen <coughs> Like that? that was really sly. I had, a, I had a cough. Speaking of which, I should probably mention what our deer review is since Joe just very discreetly opened a soda uh, on the podcast. Today, on our... Meet my Dr. Pepper. Our disc and beer pairing, our world-famous deer review, we have the Latitude 64 Pure. Uh, the one that I'm holding, I, I believe, is in like their recycled plastic or something yeah. like that. And Wow, another putter. <laughs> And we're going to pair that with Racer 5 by Bear Republic, which is uh, one of our favorite IPAs ever. Yep. And is from our local area. And Joe tells me, I have not confirmed this, Joe tells me that that 
Bear Republic beers are unfiltered. I believe so. If not, I'm pretty positive that Racer 5 is unfiltered. If you get Racer 5, you'll see there's a whole bunch of fun stuff living at the bottom of your bottle. Uh, so so but, we figured unfiltered yeah. is pure. They put on their thing honest ale, so pure, honest. That's that's why we're pairing these together. Right. Uh, not to mention both are, are great. We love mm-hmm. we love the pure and we, we love Bear Republic's Racer 5 IPA. Yeah. And... Um, I want to take a step back, and I was thinking about this when we very first began the podcast. We're at number 43. Yeah. Um, and we've lately, like, in our Slack group or through social media, heard from a few places people saying that they just caught up. So they listened to every episode, and they're now to where we are now. And I just want to, to take a moment to say thank you Yeah. for making it for, through the first three episodes and still <laughs> listening. We really appreciate it. The first one, more than every other episode. Yeah. Uh, it was goofy. If you uh, got in late to the game, you don't need to go back and listen to those ones. Yeah, you can just you can just stay current. It'll be fine. We, we guarantee it. But we're glad that, that and very thankful to everyone who's listened. And, and we're, we're growing with this podcast and, and having a good time with it every single time. So it's been a ton of fun. Totally. And... We should say also, we've mentioned our Slack group a couple times now. We'll just say it here. Slack group is we created a, there's a communication app called Slack, which you can check out. You can download your phone or whatever it is. And we created a group that is basically our listeners and things like that. And you can post pictures. You can chat with people, ask questions. People post sales when they find them all the time, which has been really useful. Um, it's just another kind of social media app. And if you want to join us on there, we're on there all the time chatting. It, just send us an email, the podcast at gmail.com, and we'll add you on there, and, and uh, you can, you can yeah. di- dip your toe in the water. Yeah. I, I suggest for anyone who joins Slack, get in, get into, like, the general, like, there's all sorts of channels, get into the general channel, just ask a question. Yeah. I feel like we need that more. Just ask a question either about what disc you should get. Um, what your favorite plastic is, uh, what you use in certain situations. There's all kinds of where things. you're from, what courses to play, all that kind of good stuff. And it, we, it happens all the time. It's been a lot of fun. So, uh, and we specifically had a question in our Slack group this last week, and it was a question about the difference between intermediate and pro players, which we wanted to touch base on. And, and what they throw and why they do it. All right, here. And so I'm going to read the the exact the exact question. So this is from Matt Geister Jones. Thank you, Matt. Any chance you could talk about disc slash shot selection? Wow, that's a lot of S's. For pros that can throw putters and mids 300, 350 plus, and fairway drivers 400 plus, how do they choose shots slash discs for holes they could reach with a variety of discs? Uh, also, could you take that and do an amateur version for those of us who can't throw a country mile? So I think simply, uh, I guess we can start with the, the amateur side because that's us. Uh, for me, I choose this mostly, not fully, but mostly based on distance and my comfort from field work. Like if I know I can put a disc in like a... 
in a circle pretty easily, and I feel confident throwing that, and I've done it a ton in the field, like that's where I'm going to choose, whether it's a putter or a mid-range, fairway, uh, distance driver on a big spike hyzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of how I'll roll. When we get out to courses, I take into account wind a little bit more. Um, what about yourself, Robin? Uh, typically, just like you said, whatever you're comfortable with and what you know, it's important that you're confident in that shot. Right. So you don't want to be getting up there second-guessing yourself. If you put a disc in your hand and you're sitting on the tee and then you're thinking about what could go wrong, it's time for you to either reset yourself right. and try and clear that thought or grab a different disc that you do feel confident about. Um, you know, typically you want to make that decision before you're standing on the tee. I try to go for the highest percentage, mm-hmm. the shot that, that is going to be that I know the best and it has the best chance of, of success. You, you want to try to, especially as an amateur or an, an inexperienced player, uh, you want to avoid the six or the seven on a hole. If you play safe, you're going to have better rounds and try not to make the hero shot and things like that. So that sort of thing kind of plays into it big time is kind of staying staying within your game right and and making sure that you're picking the disc that is is within your skill ability and the shot's going to work for it right so it, which is kind of an extension of what you said being comfortable with the disc that you throw and knowing what it's going to do that's all about confidence and, and repetition and i think my arm is not big enough to um to mess up a lot of throws, I guess. So, like, I will tend, and it's not really good, and it's because I'm not mechanically sound. Um, I might disc up, whereas others will disc down, purely because I know if I really mess up, the disc is going to save me. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If I turn something over, like, the stability is going to save me. So I'll tend to probably get a mid-range when it's maybe putter distance at times, just because mm-hmm. I know... If I throw it on a little bit of ante, like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And if I throw it straight, it's probably still going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And you'll throw the shot with hyzer and, and make sure that it, it comes right. back to the left. Now, I should mention, the first part of what we just said about about choosing the right disc and taking the highest percentage shot um, and and having confidence in the throw that you're, going, you're about to make, that is no different for the highest level pro to the lowest level first time player that that is there's no difference regardless of your arm strength your, your how far you can throw those things are the the kind of core of success for mm-hmm. for you as a player and all the way on up into the top the confidence the making the shot that is within your game and you know that you can make it consistently and executing it that is that right. is and then the we, key to, right. to playing good golf and as you move up to the pro level you know, there's a lot more confidence and a lot more shots with mm-hmm. a lot more discs. Exactly. So they can, um, and this is all in in our opinion. Obviously, we're not pros. We don't hang out with pros mm-hmm. yet. You know, my best friend, uh, both my best friends, the Nates, uh, we talk about these things sometimes, but we haven't hung out in a while. Um, <laughs> anyways, I think... They probably take into account a lot more than we do. You know, wind is a big variable. Um, unless it's a big gust, like left to right or tail or headwind, I don't put a lot of thought into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure the pros really put a lot in mm-hmm. and know what their disc is going to do with whatever type of wind. And that's a big part of their selection. You know, 
Uh, a higher speed driver is going to stand up to wind better. Mm-hmm. Uh, headwind, at least. Headwind, right. So, you know, they're probably not going to pull out their Nova to throw 400 feet if they've got a big headwind. Probably not. Uh, so, I think a big piece is, is all the surroundings, what kind of obstacles, you know. Paul McBeth will probably choose a uh, T-Bird 3 when he needs a little bit of turn to the right mm-hmm. and something that's going to come back. Uh, he knows that shot. He knows what it's going to do. If he needs to get around a tree, that's what he's going to do. Us mere mortals uh, hope and pray that mm-hmm. we just don't hit that tree. Well, the other part about it and what you're talking about and, and the recognition of various conditions that can change your shot, the top-level pros play disc golf a lot more than you. Yeah. A lot more than you. Even if you play a lot, these guys, this is their livelihood. They practice constantly. They push themselves to get better every single day at disc golf. And they are throwing more discs than 99% of the people out there playing disc golf. And that's how they got to this point, uh, is, is spending the time to get to know these discs, to, to learn those lines and learn the tiny little parts of their mechanical form that gives them the ability to throw that far. And it really comes down to, to practice and repetition and knowing that they can execute that in high-pressure situations. Because right. when it comes down to these tournaments... You've got a gallery of people watching. You've got someone filming. You have another player putting pressure on you to, to make that shot or you're going to lose. And they have to be able to eliminate all of that, make their shot like they're sitting in their backyard and, and, and still come away with the win, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it takes. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part of it is practice. To get to the part where they're talking about shot selection for a a pro player that can throw 450 500 feet really when it comes down to it you probably shouldn't have a destroyer in your bag unless you can throw 400 feet 450 feet somewhere in that range that's what that disc is designed to do it's designed to fly 450 feet so you may make use of a destroyer or some of these higher speed drivers and and have shots with them that work for you at at lower levels but that disc is designed to go much further and even the putters that we throw and mid-ranges that we throw they are designed to go a lot further also than a lot of people and get those flight characteristics that you see the flight numbers on there a lot of times that's meant for an optimal throw which is typically a pro right and that's what so like the numbers, and uh, I know there's other podcasts. One, I know there's other podcasts. We're not the only disc golf podcast. Surprise. Are you talking uh, about like Radio Lab or, you know. This American Life. Like Joe Rogan or. Th- this American Life. You didn't know there was like a, there was a disc golf one? Oh, there's a disc golf American Life? No, there's no. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe someday. Maybe there was. I don't know. There's like 800 <laughs> episodes. Anyways. Oh, dude, you just threw me off my. T- oh, uh. <laughs> There's one that talks about numbers not mattering. Uh, They do, they're a guide, they're not always perfect, but the numbers are also based on what Ron was saying, throwing them at optimal speed, Mm -hmm. at the right speed. So the higher the speed, the harder you have to throw to get those numbers to go the right way. Um, And the same way with the lower speed discs, a higher speed arm is going to make it do something different. Yeah. Now, when it comes to a pro making shot selection, 
the number of variables that come into play because of their experience and how much they practice increases. So they are taking into account the, the state of the land at the landing zone. Is it landing on a slope? Is it completely flat? Is the ground hard? Is it soft? Things like that that would make the difference between using a high-speed driver or a lower-speed disc that will settle. If the ground is really, really hard at the basket, typically you will see a pro use a lower speed disc that is not going to skip. Mm -hmm. If they have to get around a corner and they have a big dog leg shot that's going through there and they have some hard ground, they're going to take a higher speed disc that has a lot of fade and they're going to use that to get around the corner. So there are a lot of variables that we really can't go through. I will say one of the things that, that Matt mentioned in there was, you know, they can throw a putter 300 feet and or 350 feet and do all these different shots. The putters are the most accurate discs in your bag, even thrown at those distances. I mean, that's up for debate. (laughs) They're the ones that you can throw on a string, a straight line, and have them hold that flight for very long distances. They can be thrown with minimal effort, and they'll glide for long periods of time. So you'll see pro players disc down and use putters in in some fairly long situations where amateur players might be using a a mid-range a fairway or even a driver in some cases because those discs once you learn and get clean form from all of the work they've done to do that it's they don't have to take more into account they just know i'm going to line up i'm going to throw it and all i have to do is i'm going to throw it straight it's not going to fade it's not going to turn it's going to land right there in that zone and and that's that's all I need to do with this particular disc, or I, it's going to go out straight and it's going to fade a little bit at the very end, and I don't have to throw it out a hundred feet to the right and have it hook back to that one spot. I right. can just go right, right at it, or I can rip it side to left and let it just slowly turn over mm-hmm. and get where I need it to be. So it, a lot of times, those lower speed discs are going to give you more accuracy. The high speed discs like destroyers. You can't, it's really incredibly difficult to get that straight, perfect flight. They have dynamic to them. They turn, and then they have big fade at the end, typically. It's it's not something where you can just pipe it down a line. So right. they're using it to get big distance, but as the distance grows, mm-hmm. they lose accuracy. Right. Well, it just, it all, like, what we started with is what I feel like we should wrap with is... It really is the comfort and how well you know your discs. Yes. You know, and that's a part of, of layering, which we've brought up before. But that's why Paul McBeth has nine destroyers in his bag. And he knows each one of them. Mm-hmm. I was going to say intimately, but that sounds really weird. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But maybe. I, I mean, yeah, good on you. <laughs> uh, but they're all different. They all have slightly different flight characteristics. And it all stems from one... Being able to throw them all with clean form and mm-hmm. really knowing those nuances. But two, being super comfortable knowing you can put it in a circle. Yeah. We talked about Paul McBeth's In the Bag that, that went out in a, on a previous episode that was done by Joe Mez, uh, that had, Did we talk about it? I think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. In any case, if... if it was awesome. You it, it was awesome. You can check it out. But it's the, the future. The disc that is going to start... You're going to start seeing everywhere as a result of that is the Mako. <laughs> the Mako and the Roadrunner. Listen, I just started. I, we've had a Roadrunner here. I found a Roadrunner at uh, Stafford Lake years ago with no name on it, but it was super uh, stamp was gone. I 
think I can see it. No, you can't because it's at my work because I was throwing it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. No, nope, right. it's, it's definitely on my uh, on a shelf in my office right now. Oh. 100%. Uh, but he threw really nice rollers with it. So I, being an idiot, was like, I should throw this some more. <laughs> Paul McBeth can do it. But what? Like, watch Roadrunner and Mako. Yeah. Just like um, the Max. Right. There was like this the guy Monster I know. Too. There was this guy who bought a Max that I know. I don't know who that is. That doesn't throw it at all anymore, but he bought it probably because Paul McBeth was throwing it. Yeah. Why wouldn't somebody need a ridiculously overstated this? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And the Monster. Mm-hmm. But he's not the Eagle. The throws, Monster is the Eagle new Max. Throws, yeah. The Eagle way. throws Monsters. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Uh, Eagle throws Monsters. Yeah. So. We'll be seeing those everywhere. I think, Joe, it's time for us to do our deer review. Have you ever thrown a Mako? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Oh, maybe that's I've a feature. I've seen them understable mid-range. Yeah, we, so. should, uh, we should check that out. We should. Damn it. We just fell into our own trap. <laughs> no, well, listen, we have the worst excuse ever and, to spend stupid money. We have a podcast where we review this. And, we literally are surrounded by hundreds of discs right now. And if, if Paul McBeth throws it it is our duty as disc golf podcasters to check out the disc i I think it just it has to be done yeah so that's that's the right thing to do isn't a mako a shark yes okay so so it's easily a beer yeah there's plenty of shark beers. oh yeah yeah so we can make there's this uh, brewery called lost coast yeah it's got a lot of them that's true that's true we could make that work so today for our deer review we have the latitude 64 pure which is a putter, a speed of three, a glide of three, a turn of zero, and a fade of zero. And we're pairing that with Bear Republic Racer 5 IPA, which is a delicious IPA. It's one of our favorites. We'll make, yeah. we'll make no bones about it. If you haven't had Racer you, 5, you got to try it. If you listen to the podcast, we've brought up Racer 5 yeah. more than once. Yeah. Um, we actually at one point talked about like our top we years did. for the course. Yeah. And it was one that was on both of our yeah. top five easily. Racer 5 is a just deceivingly smooth beer. It's still 7% alcohol, but you drink it and it's, it's just like a nice smooth IPA. It's nice and happy like, it's, it's got, it's yeah, it's nice got hop to it, but you're not, you're not, uh, you definitely don't get that boozy flavor no, or any of that malty flavor nope. out of it. it. It is just pure golden smooth IPA deliciousness. Yep. It's just, it's awesome. It is a I uh, I want to say top three, but I'm gonna say top five just for making yeah. sure top five IPA. Okay, I I don't have a problem with that. I think so. I mean, just it's it's not a uh, it's not a nine dollar twenty two. You know, yeah. We're in Northern California. It's a Northern California beer, so it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know the last time I saw a liquor store in our area that didn't have twenty twos of yeah, Razor that, Five. That's true. That's true. It's a you know, but it's a beautiful, very thing. good. It's an unfiltered, unfiltered beer. It's uh, lo- you know, made local to us as as we've said, but it just kind of a clean hop flavor to it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of traditional IPA flavor. It very smooth. The the alcohol doesn't come through at all. Yeah, I mean, you feel like it could be you know five and a half six percent. Oh, totally. And uh, you know, it'll sneak. Honestly, up on you. honestly, I never looked at. The ABV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just drank because it, it tastes good and I liked it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of our mm-hmm. local pubs, 
had it on tap and they have, you know, uh, I don't know, 32 beers on tap there and they put the, the alcohol on every beer and it wasn't until I was there that I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, Racer 5 <laughs> does some work. Also, that that same pub has what they call a classy cowboy. Oh, that's the best. Which is which is ch- a cheaper version where they mixed Pabst and the Racer 5 together, making like a lighter version. It's like the session IPA version don't, of Racer 5. Don't knock it till you try it. It's yeah. like a it's like a black and tan that doesn't layer. Yeah. Uh, but the same thing, it's pretty much half and half PBR yeah. and Racer 5. <laughs> And it's fantastic. It, it works. It does. It's like when you're at the it's, end of the night and you're like, I probably shouldn't have another beer. I don't, I don't, I don't want really a want a PBR. Uh, which, listen, I'll drink a PBR. Like, that's not the point. But you're like, P- I need a little bit more kick. Classic Cowboy. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I, I agree. I agree. So, how about the Pure? Let's talk about the Latitude 64 Pure. All right. I have a... Uh, an argument to the numbers off the bat. Okay. I think I agree with you, but yes. let's hear it. It's it's at least a minus one turn. I totally agree. In the most fantastic, gorgeous, beautiful, awesome way ever. Yeah. But it, it is it definitely is an understable putter. I'm saying, I, I would think, so comes in multiple plastics. They have gold That's line true. and they have opto and then they have their recycled line. Let me pull up the rest of these so I'm not being... Uh, not just completely making it up off the top of my head. So recycled, they have zero hard, zero medium, you know, all the kind of softer lines for putting. So maybe... Maybe it's the zero soft even that we have. I don't know. Yeah, we could... I think this this one is a soft. But maybe that, that, uh, that zero turn is more for like the gold line and, and opto line versions of it. Yeah. Because, which is what I've primarily thrown... I have a recycled line one, and then I also have, I believe, this is either zero soft or zero medium. The The label has since disappeared. Whatever. It's pretty pliable. It's a... Yeah, it's pretty soft, and it is just a wonderfully understable putter. It's I primarily use it for approach shots and off the tee, but I can putt with it too. It's beadless. Well, I mean, it has like a micro bead on there, just a, a slight little, little bit of a bead, but it, it kind of... It has the feel of a of beadless disc. It's also really shallow. The, yes, the rim it is. itself is is very shallow. So if you're someone that, that doesn't like the really deep rimmed putters like the P2 and things like that that or are the just, harp that, that are just really extremely deep, the, the Pure would be a great disc for for someone that prefers uh, you know shallower rim depth. But you can get some really great kind of flat to turnover lines with mm-hmm. this just just go out straight and then finish a little bit to the right yeah um, and it's a really nice gradual slow turn mm-hmm. um it's it's pretty and i i'm saying i uh not ripping it not cranking it just a nice flat release and for me it just has a beautiful mm-hmm. nice slow right turn yeah no fade that zero fade is for real yes um it's it's cool. Yeah. Like it's a really nice and it's um, very reproducible. Like it's very consistent with that nice, slight, slow turn. I agree. I agree, and it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, when you, I live on a property that that has it's. There's a lot of space, but there's a lot of trees. Right. 
um, and no real space for me to open up and, and throw, you know, big drives without risking hitting something that I don't want to hit. And so I, I take to throwing a lot of putters around here. And this is one of my favorites to throw because it's just so easy to get those straight lines and, and little right-hand turn lines and, and uh, for a right-handed player, you know, for a left-handed player, right. obviously, it would be turning to the left. Um, but just, just really enjoyable to, to throw and really consistent. Yeah, I don't, and I, you don't really have too much trouble. Obviously, with putters, if you're trying too hard and yanking it, you're going to struggle with any putter. Um, you can turn any putter over and flutter it if your if your mechanics aren't right. But the pure is a, a great one for for learning how to throw just a perfectly yeah, straight shot. I was going to say well, it's a it's a fantastic starter disc. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if you have one sitting on a stack in your garage mm-hmm. and you're bringing out someone new, it's a great disc to put in their hands. Yeah. I agree. And personally, I, having not ever thrown any of the higher-end versions of it, I, I think that'd be really interesting as, as something in the bag to to give you that that straighter or turnover line at where you can put more power onto it than some of the, the softer versions that I've been accustomed to and have used. So, I you know, I think an Opto or a Gold Line Pure yeah, is probably I, I in, think we're both in, that world. in my uh, in my future somewhere just to just to toy around with and and see how it works. Who knows if it'll actually make it in the right. bag. But, I might I might throw yours when you get it and steal it from you. So, no, that well, I mean, that's not fair. It's not really stealing. I feel like we we do a lot of uh giving back and forth. That's true. We got we got stacks and stacks of discs in here and it kind of just that's mm-hmm. the way of the land. Yeah. Kind of neat to be like, you know what? I want to try this disc. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it with me. But a, a, a lot of different plastic options for it. So you, you've got everything from kind of ones. I mean, I'm holding a, a I believe, a, a Zero Soft. And you could practically taco it and, yep. and have it come right back to its form. All the way up to, to Opto, which is like the champion equivalent. Um, and then Gold Line, which is an opaque, uh, you know, firmer, firmer star type version of plastic. And, and uh, you know really you can get any level whatever you're looking for if you prefer it to be a firm putter or if you're looking for something soft either way it's they the, there's a pure out there that'll work so yeah cool disc super cool uh-huh. um i really like the flight with that said i don't i don't carry it and i have one too i have one i think in the same plastic you have as two you. don't you no that was your brother's oh okay which might have been yours at some point could have been yeah probably was yeah, I, um, I think it was actually. So I I have one. It's fun, you know. When we're reviewing a putter, I usually bring it out, mm-hmm. just a good juxtaposition to see like how um, different it may be. Especially mm-hmm. we do some some overstable putters. It's not in my bag. I like it. I like it for you know bringing beginners out. Mm-hmm. There probably will be a world. I think I could see an opto one cracking the bag. Yeah, I could too. Um, it's a really good feeling disc for me. I like that. It's really shallow. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels good. It's super flat, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Yet. And the other thing we should mention, we, we do this frequently if we review a putter is that we're, we're talking about the driving characteristics right, and the right, flight right. characteristics. And the reason we do that is because we're trying to evaluate the flight characteristics and you're not going to evaluate those flight characteristics on an actual putt. You know, it's a very different thing. The other thing is that putting, you know, short range putting is about feel 
It's about your own preference, your own particular throw, whether you're a spin putter or a push putter. And it's a really, putter. It's really difficult drop, to sit yeah. here and tell someone that, that the putt is going to work for your style when there are so many different right. ways to putt. So we tend to kind of leave that part out. You know, we, we've definitely used the pure as in, you know, inside the circle putting and in practice and things like that. And it's a putter. It works fine. It's a fine. nice glidey straight putter. It throw, like, it goes, it's got a world exactly. for it. it. It throws where you throw it, um, just like you would expect from a, from a putter like this. But really, you know, you got to get it in your hand and see if you like it, and yep. and go out and putt with it if that's your right. choice. Right, like I I throw I threw I putted wizards I putt judges like I the beaded putter feels the best in my hand, so uh-huh. like that already in itself makes yeah. me not feel like I want to putt a pure. Yeah, and um, you know I have no problem with the feel of it. I, the, I do know it's a, a tad understable. I occasionally will will use a little bit of anhyzer on on putts in certain situations, mm-hmm. and I feel like the pure probably wouldn't come out of it the way I want it to. Right. It personally, the McPro AVR that I use for for all of my in the circle putting is a pretty overstable disc. It's I certainly wouldn't put it in the understable category. So right. for me, putting uh, in certain situations, sure. Not not every time. Uh, the soft plastic would may, would make a nice approach or a landing disc mm-hmm. um, in in certain situations. But someone else that that maybe is a pure spin putter or something like that, yeah. the the pure might work really really totally, well. Totally, totally. So I I could see that. Um, and then as we talk, you know, when we go to premium plastics, you don't really want to use those for putting. Yeah. They you know those are spit out machines, bounce off chains <clears throat> kind of thing. So uh, yeah, driving is. Mm-hmm. what we talked about yeah and it, it's it in our opinion the best way to kind of really evaluate it in terms of especially those flight numbers those flight numbers have absolutely zero bearing on a on a putt oh yeah so it doesn't really mean much of anything when you're throwing the disc at at a tenth of the speed that you would be throwing it on a on a drive or an approach so um you know we're trying to evaluate that part of it and give you a feel for how the disc flies when you air it out and leave it to, to you guys if you want to try the disc out and and see if it fits your putting style. Right. So totally. Just just too many different styles out there. So um on to our verdict for these two. Right. Which I had already started, but Oh okay, sorry. No problem. That uh, was a that was a very good uh digression. Racer five, obviously I I use it all the time it's a great beer <laughs> i use it use it like i You're literally user. i yeah. put it in a syringe and i inject it into, into my your veins, mouth oh in, into my veins like, you, don't, you don't do that well i mean you if you use beer there has to be some sort of in you just drink you just drink it Robin. snort it well not beer i mean well not okay that was weird that's not what i meant anyways racer five <laughs> we know we've said it multiple times before the actual review um, if you can find it, go get it. Yeah. This is probably, uh, eight out of 10 times. If you ran into me on the course and I had a 22 on me, well, I'd probably have multiple, but one of them <laughs> would most likely be racer five. <laughs> it is an easy go to, uh, for the disc golf course. Yeah. Just like I said too, it's everywhere. It's at every gas mm-hmm. station and liquor store and store in our area, in our area. And uh, it is nationally distributed too. So. Yep. Yeah, you can get it all over the place. Yes, yeah. it's, it's awesome. It's really good. Really, really excellent. Uh, kind of a the the kind of beer you 
can keep around and can be for for really any occasion. Great for for a warm day. It's very crisp. It's perfect. It is it's a really great one. You know, and if it's like early in the morning, no. <laughs> I feel like I've gone to breakfast beer so many times on this podcast. That's not what I was gonna say, but I mean, it's not bad in the morning. Yeah. Okay. I've heard. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> People have told me Joe's unclassy cowboy, where it's just a straight racer five in the morning. Listen, I've been known to have a twenty-two <clears throat> of racer five on me and a tall boy of PBR. Mm-hmm. It's not a I, an uncommon occurrence. So I just the classy cowboy forms in my stomach <laughs> rather than uh, before that. That's a weird sentence. You realize what you just said? Listen, you the know classy... what I'm talking about. You knew what I'm talking about. Don't make it weird. The classic you, already, you already made it weird. You you already Can you like make a cut of that and we can include it in the nope. intro? Nope. The classy cowboy forms in my stomach. That's pretty At least it, I mean I could have said other words that would have made it way, way worse. So I, yeah, that's true. So that's, yeah, so that's true. We'll just leave it where it is. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. The pure then. Um we both really like this disc. Yep. Um and for me personally, I would l- really like to get out and throw one of the more premium plastics and, and see how that would fit into my game uh, as kind of a shorter version of my Comet yeah. um, sort of thing uh, with either Opto or uh, the Gold Line plastic. And I think that would have a shot of breaking it in. Uh, the the one I'm holding now, I, I no, I don't have a space for this. I currently, you know, I use... A Nova is an approach disc to give me that softer shot. Right. It's a little bit more overstable than this, but I can still get that right turning line if I want it. Yep. Um, you know, I have a Glow AVR also that, that I can do that same thing with if I need to. And it, so the, it, this version of the, the Pure does not have a spot in my bag. Yeah. And I kind of said the same thing. Yeah. I dig it. I am very interested in a, in a premium plastic Pure. But currently, yeah, that's not going to my bag. I think I would just throw a Judge or my Claymore, things like that. I rarely need that kind of slow right turn, so I'm not bagging it. Yeah. Oh, well. It's a great disc. Check it out. Um, Latitude 64 Pure. It, it, you know, If you're looking for an understable putter to, to fill a slot in your bag, I, I think this would be a really, really excellent just, choice. Or if you're just beginning and you really want... To work on clean mechanics is a great disc to, uh, right. totally to get you agree. right. Totally agree. So that's all we got for our deer review. We went two for four. No two for disc. Four. We both love the beer. What's what's your verdict, Joe? Uh, the verdict is a classic cowboy. The verdict is a classic cowboy. I can't believe I didn't see that coming. And you can, you can choose your side. It's like a glass half full, right? <laughs> Do you want the PBR side? Cool, that's awesome. Do you want the Racer 5 side? Cool, that's awesome. <laughs> Either way, you're good. Maybe you don't like the beer, but you love the pure. Good on you. Maybe you don't drink beer, but you love the pure. So, you know. So, like PBR, it's like water. Yeah. It's like whatever. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a classy cowboy. That's it's, pretty, a, it's a have You know, I, I can't believe I didn't see that coming. I, that was, that was, you got me good. You're welcome. So, that's going to take us to the end of our show. We did our deer review. Be sure to check out the disc and the beer, the Latitude 64 Pure and Racer 5 by Bear Republic. And we will look forward to seeing you guys next week. But first, we want to tell you where to find us on social media. 
So you can find us on Twitter at the Disc Pod. We are on Instagram at the Disc Golf Podcast. Facebook.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. You can email us to join our Slack or just to say what's up or let us know what's going on at the Disc Golf Podcast at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcast listening app you have. I'm sure we are there. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you already figured that part out. That's totally true, but maybe you want to tell your friends. And maybe they don't have the same app as you, jerk. Okay, fair enough. Fair that was, enough. A, that was a good point. I stand corrected. We're also on SoundCloud if like you just want to go straight to the source. Yeah. I mean, if you email us, we'll just straight up send you the audio file. I mean, if, but then, if that's how you need to get it done. But then like we don't get to like track the listens. I mean, I could just like print the email out and you could be like, look, it happened. Never mind. Bad idea. I'll let you get do your thing. But then how are we going to get millions of dollars in sponsorships by showing emails? You do know this podcast is about disc golf, right? Oh, and that we're like <laughs> hemorrhaging money doing it? Yes. Right. Yes. There's also that. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, uh, join us on Slack. It's a ton of fun. A lot of cool people on there. Lots of great advice and questions. Uh, if you are an avid disc golfer... It's great for you to be there, too, because there's lots of questions <laughs> and lots of people asking for advice, um, and the more, the merrier. Mm-hmm. You have a great time on there. We got the holiday season coming up. We don't anticipate it ruining our weekly podcast schedule, but we're not totally sure. From the look of it, we should have no problem recording episodes going up, and we'll try to preview the Australian Open in one of these and you know talk about what we're what we're looking forward to for the holiday right. season and family and stuff like that. And I might so, talk about my identity crisis. Yeah. In the meantime, hopefully you'll have time to get out there this weekend and play some disc golf. Get out there and throw stuff at stuff. <laughs>